Hello, I'm Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of July 14. In the news. Baku bans the International Committee of the Red Cross from providing humanitarian aid through the Lachin Corridor, accuses the organization of smuggling illegal goods. A large rally takes place in Stepanagert Artsakh, demanding the unblocking of the Lachin Corridor and an adequate international response. The presidents of Armenia and Azerbaijan are set to meet in Brussels tomorrow as Baku continues violating the ceasefire. Armenia's Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan and Azerbaijan's President Ilham Aliyev will meet on July 15 in Brussels through the mediation of the President of the European Council, Charles Michel. I hope to make progress in the peace treaty negotiations, said Pashinyan during a cabinet meeting on July 13. Although Pashinyan expressed hope for progress, last week he had announced that the text for a peace treaty is not ready. Pashinyan and Aliyev last met in Brussels on May 14 and then on June 1 in Chisinau. While addressing cabinet, Pashinyan said that Azerbaijan is continually accusing Armenia on environmental grounds, both officially and unofficially. He was referring to Azerbaijani President Ilham Aliyev's so-called concerns that the metallurgical plant in Yerask would be a source of environmental danger and the waste could pollute the transboundary rivers. The Prime Minister went on to say that Azerbaijan ascribes mines to Armenia that do not exist, raises circumstances that are fictitious, mentions conventions that are not applicable. He cited Yale University's Center for Environmental Policy and Law report, which states that Armenia was one of the most environmentally friendly countries in 2022. The report measures the achievements of states in terms of environmental conditions and is based on indicators and categories of natural resources. Armenia is in 56th place, while Azerbaijan is 104th. Well, let's not relax about this. Armenia mm-hmm. has a lot of environmental issues to be concerned about still. However, Prime Minister also spoke about the Lachin Corridor and said that the binding decision of the International Court of Justice enables greater international consolidation around the issue to counter the policy of ethnic cleansing by Azerbaijan. Last week, based on the application of the Republic of Armenia, the International Court of Justice reaffirmed the legally binding decision it took on February 22 of this year, obliging Azerbaijan to take all measures at its disposal to ensure the uninterrupted movement of people, vehicles, and cargo in both directions through the Lachin Corridor. With such a decision, the court actually recorded that Azerbaijan did not comply with the decision of February 22 of this year. The court's decision on July 6 mentioned the information provided by the Armenian side that the so-called action of the Azerbaijani environmentalists is no longer taking place, but even now movement through the Lachin Corridor is interrupted due to the installation of a checkpoint by Azerbaijan. The consequences of the interruption of movements through the Lachin Corridor for the Armenians of Nagorno-Karabakh are still the same as back in 2022. In February, therefore, the approach of the court and the legally binding decision also remain the same. This morning, starting at around 9 a.m., thousands of residents of Artsakh gathered in Stepanagird's Revival Square. The leaders of Artsakh, including President Aray Karutyunyan and Parliament Speaker Artur Tomasyan, attended the rally, among others. In his speech at the rally, Artsakh State Minister Gugen Nersesyan stated that in the past month, with the complete blockade of Artsakh, they hoped that the international community, Russia and Armenia, will take decisive steps to stop the course of this deadly disaster. But it turned out that everyone was just watching it as an observer. He addressed the international community, Armenia and Russia, saying, what are you waiting for? Or do you want us to have that bodies at this square for you to react? 
Participants of the rally then headed toward the headquarters of the Russian peacekeeping uh, contingent on the outskirts of Stepanagir to demand that they secure the free movement of the Lachin Corridor after their arrival. Nersisian stated that he will hold a meeting with the commander to communicate their demand to reopen the corridor. Well, the rally was called yesterday by Artsakh State Minister Gurgen Nersisian. Uh, in his call, Nersisian noted that Artsakh is not self-sufficient and regardless of how sparingly they are used, Artsakh's resources will run out one day and result in catastrophic and irreversible losses and consequences. He said people will start dying in hospitals due to the lack of basic medical care and medicine, where the health of children is deteriorating due to malnutrition, where elderly citizens with health problems and pregnant women have to beg for food or vitamins, where the authorities cannot deliver food to the regions of Artsakh, where there is no potable water, where we start to find corpses in apartments. Nersesian also called on Armenians in Armenia and the diaspora to not be silent and to do everything in their power to raise awareness of the situation. On July 12, Armenia's foreign ministry released a statement on the humanitarian situation in Nagorno-Karabakh. It noted that Azerbaijan's actions are creating conditions incompatible with life for the people of Nagorno-Karabakh and are subjecting them to ethnic cleansing. The statement detailed the grave humanitarian situation and the health crisis in Nagorno-Karabakh, urging the international community to use all available tools to ensure the implementation of the legally binding orders of the International Court of Justice, that is the decisions of February 22 of this year and July 6. This is in regards to opening the Latin Corridor. And in really tragic news, two children, aged three and six, died in the village of Arabegalanj in Artsakh's Mardagird region after their single mother left her sleeping children alone at home. This was on July 7, to walk five kilometers to the nearby town of Mardagird to get food. Due to the lack of fuel under the blockade, food is unable to reach remote areas. While their mother was away, the children apparently woke up and began searching for her, but after becoming tired, they sat inside an abandoned car parked by the road and fell asleep. They were found on the morning of July 8 when the car's owner found their lifeless bodies. They had died due to heat exhaustion. Armenia's foreign minister at Mirzoyan reacted to the incident in a tweet stating that the children died as a consequence of the serious humanitarian situation. He added that in the 21st century this should not be tolerated. On July 11, Azerbaijan blocked the International Committee of the Red Cross, the ICRC, from transferring patients from Artsakh to Armenia, putting the region under total blockade once again. Well, in a press release, Azerbaijan's state border service claimed that in recent days, its employees have repeatedly detected attempts to smuggle various types of goods in ICRC vehicles through the Azerbaijani checkpoint at the entrance of the Lachin Corridor. The goods included, according to the statement, 15 mobile phones, 115 mobile phone screens, 10 mobile phone boards, 120 mobile phone chargers, one screen protector, 973 packs of cigarettes, and 1,320 liters of gasoline. It also stated that a criminal case has been opened and the checkpoint has been temporarily suspended until necessary investigative measures are completed. Well, the ICRC responded to Azerbaijan, stating that they are aware of the situation, adding, uh, and this is a direct quote, without our knowledge, four hired drivers 
tried to transport some commercial goods in their own vehicles, which were temporarily displaying the ICRC emblem. These individuals were not ICRC staff members, and their service contracts were immediately terminated. The organization added that its strictly humanitarian work in Nagorno-Karabakh must be allowed to continue. On July 12, the EU released a statement supporting the activities of ICRC as the only major humanitarian organization present in the South Caucasus. The statement noted that it is the responsibility of the Azerbaijani authorities to ensure that ICRC can continue its operations and prevent a potential humanitarian crisis. The EU reiterated its call for Azerbaijan to ensure free movement through the Lachin Corridor. The U.S. Embassy in Yerevan uh, also issued a statement, said that the United States is deeply concerned about Azerbaijan's continued closure of the Lachin Corridor. Yesterday's halting of humanitarian traffic exacerbates a worsening humanitarian situation and undermines efforts to establish confidence in the peace process free and open transit through the Lachin Corridor must be restored immediately. On July 14, Azerbaijan's Foreign Minister Jehun Bayramov said at a meeting with the head of ICRC in Azerbaijan that Baku does not rule out the possibility of providing assistance on the Ardam Stepanagert road to meet the needs of Karabakh Armenians. At the same time, Bayramov also announced the possibility of Armenians passing through Lachin for medical purposes if it is through the mediation of the ICRC and observing the rules of the checkpoint. According to Baku, issues related to the activity of the ICRC in Stepanakert were also discussed at the meeting. And it is the 215th day of the blockade of Artsakh, and it has been a month since Baku has also forbidden Russian peacekeepers from transporting cargo through their Hakari Bridge checkpoint. You know, we've said this over and over again, and it requires uh, repeating 120,000 people in Artsakh today are under a real threat of starvation, and it is a, a really desperate situation at the moment. Well, just again, in case anyone needs uh, a reminding, on July 9, Azerbaijan cut off the natural gas supply to Nagorno-Karabakh, which had been restored for just a couple of hours earlier that day. The EU special representative for the South Caucasus, Tovio Klar, who reacted positively to the initial restoration of the gas supply, expressed his frustration and disappointment at this later development. He tweeted, it is crucial that the flow of energy supplies be restored without restrictions, as well as the movement of people and goods via the Lachin Corridor. Klar then posted a second tweet stating that uh, a genuine Bakustepanagert slash Hangendi, this is his tweet, dialogue should start with the aim of providing alternatives to violence, build much-needed confidence, and ensure dignity. The EU looks forward to the upcoming trilateral Brussels meeting with Armenian and Azerbaijani leaders. Well, Nathalie Iloiseau, the chair of the European Parliament Security and Defense Subcommittee, responded to Clara's initial tweet, expressing doubt whether the restoration is a sustainable one, and questioned Clara's use of Hangendi before using Loiseau went on to say, the European Parliament wants you to act, not to read the news, and to support civilians trapped in the blockade, not to please the ones responsible for this dire situation. Loiseau later responded to Clar's second tweet, demanding that Clar mention the ICJ decision and name the perpetrator. 
Alman Khachatoryan, Armenia's uh, permanent representative to the Council of Europe, tweeted on July 7 that, that a high-level delegation of the Council of Europe visited this starting point of the Lachin Corridor to better understand the situation on the ground and the serious humanitarian and human rights consequences that it has on the people of Nagorno-Karabakh. This week, Azerbaijan continued accusing the Armenian side of violating the ceasefire and then proceeded by shooting at Armenian and Artsakh border positions. Armenia's defense ministry reported violations in Verin Shorja, Ishkhanasar, and the Sev Lake area. Today, Azerbaijani forces opened fire at Armenian positions located in Kerarkunik's Jil and Ararat region's Barur Sevag area. This was reported by the Ministry of Defense, and this is interesting, uh, Rubina, because it's the first time we're hearing about Barur Sevag uh, in Ararat region uh, coming under under fire. Well, on July 10, Baku opened fire uh, again at people doing harvest and agricultural work in the fields of Sarushen community. This is in Artsakh's Askeran region. Yeah, it seems we're going to be... We're listing them just yeah. to show the scope of the violations. And this is not even a comprehensive list, but here we go. The same day, uh, Azerbaijani forces opened fire at construction workers again at the steel plant in Yaraz. No injuries were reported, uh, according to the company. And again, as a reminder, a month ago, two Indian nationals who were working there uh, were injured. On June 20, the founders of the company raised the flags of Armenia and the United States near the factory. On July 12, Azerbaijani forces also fired in the direction of Armenia's Ter village. Uh, this is throughout the day. As a result, two servicemen were wounded. The Armenian Defense Ministry reported that they are in stable condition. That same day, Artsakh's Defense Army reported that Azerbaijan violated the ceasefire in Shushi. The violation of the ceasefire was reported to the command of the Russian peacekeeping troops. Earlier, the defense ministry denied a misinformation about shooting at Azerbaijani positions. Yet, Baku claimed yesterday that Armenian Artsakh violated the ceasefire regime, noting that the Azerbaijani armed forces took retaliatory measures in the Satarak region of Nakhichevan and in the Askeran region. Uh, this is in Nagorno-Karabakh. Throughout the week, Baku accused Armenia of violating the ceasefire in Askeran, Karvachar, and Lachin, and reported that they had one wounded. Armenia Defense Ministry said that by spreading false information, the Azerbaijani side is trying to justify the regular fire directed at citizens, you know, who are using agricultural equipment. On July 11, Prime Minister Pashinyan had a phone conversation with, with the U.S. Secretary of State, Antony Blinken. The, the sides discussed the ongoing negotiations and the peace treaty between Armenia and Azerbaijan, the security of the people of Nagorno-Karabakh, and the need for a Baku-Stepanagert dialogue with international involvement. Pashinyan also referred to the deepening humanitarian crisis in Nagorno-Karabakh due to the ongoing blockade. The sides emphasized the need for consistent efforts to ensure stability and peace in the region. The following day, on July 12, Blinken also had a telephone conversation with Azerbaijani President Ilham Aliyev. According to the State Department's spokesperson, Blinken expressed continued U.S. support for the Armenia-Azerbaijan peace discussions and the need for what he called creativity, flexibility, and compromise in the negotiations. He underscored the need for free commercial humanitarian and private transportation through the Lachin Corridor. Armenia's Ministry of Foreign Affairs reported that on July 12, on the Armenian-Azerbaijani border, the fourth meeting of the commissions of the demarcation and delimitation of the state border between Armenia and Azerbaijan was held, chaired by Armenia's Deputy Prime Minister Meher Gedikorian and Azerbaijan's Deputy Prime Minister Shahin Mustafayev. According to the 
agreements reached in different formats at the level of the leaders of Armenia and Azerbaijan, the parties continued the discussion of border demarcation issues, which referred to a number of organizational and procedural uh, issues. The parties also agreed to determine the date and place of the next meeting of the commissions in a working order. This was reported by Armenia's Ministry of Foreign Affairs. The agreement to create a commission on the demarcation of the Armenian-Azerbaijani border was created back in November 26, 2021 in Sochi during a meeting of the leaders of Armenia, Azerbaijan and Russia. The first meeting had taken place back in May 24 at the interstate border of Armenia and Azerbaijan, the second meeting on August 30 in Moscow and the third meeting on November 3 in Brussels. On July 11, the Secretary of the Security Council of Armenia, Armen Grigorian, had a meeting with U.S. Deputy Secretary of Defense, Laura Cooper. The two officials discussed the implementation of Armenian-American educational programs in the areas of defense and the reform process of the Armenian Armed Forces. They also talked about bilateral cooperation with regards to defense. Grigorian also met with the Director of U.S. National Intelligence, Avril Haines, where the sides exchanged ideas on the regional security situation as well as on Armenia-U.S. bilateral cooperation. Earlier, during his visit to the U.S., Grigorian had a meeting with Jake Sullivan, the National Security Advisor to President Joe Biden in the White House. On July 12, Armin Grigorian told Voice of America that the expectation from Russian peacekeepers is not being met. He stated that Armenia expects Russian peacekeepers to fulfill their functions within the scope of their mandate and ensure the safety of the Armenians living in Artsakh. He also spoke about Armenia's recognition of Azerbaijan's territorial integrity, stating that the issue has never been about territory. It is rather about the safety and right of the population of Artsakh. Well, back to uh, Azerbaijan. Uh, during a cabinet meeting on July 11, President of Azerbaijan, Ilham Aliyev, said that he considered the conclusion of the peace treaty in the context of international law and expected that the Armenian side would respond in return. He went on to say that high-level negotiations with Armenia on the peace treaty will take place in the coming days, which we know it tomorrow. Right, and uh, this is what he said. Our position is clear, logical, and based on international law. I think that a peace treaty can be concluded based on those principles. In all cases, in my opinion, there is such a possibility. It is time for Yerevan to reconfirm its statements on paper. Uh, he's referring to when Pashinyan said that Armenia recognizes uh, Azerbaijan's territorial integrity. That wasn't enough. He also wanted it on paper. But he did say that he uh, saw the change in the position of the Armenian side uh, as a positive move. He recalled that in October of last year, the Armenian government accepted territorial integrity, sovereignty, and borders of Azerbaijan. In May, Yerevan officially recognized the territory of Azerbaijan, including Gharapagh and its enclaves, all of this according to Aliyev, of course. And uh, again, about the environmental issues, Aliyev demanded that Armenia should stop all activities that may pose an environmental threat, referring to the steel plant being built in Yerask near the Armenian-Azerbaijani border. Several Azerbaijani organizations addressed Prime Minister Pashinyan with an open letter demanding not only to stop the construction of the Yerask steel plant, but also to close the mines of Zangezur, Agarak, Terut, Akhtala, and Khapan. And this kind of reminds... <laughs> Maybe they should stop all oil <laughs> Oh, pumping. yes. Yeah, this kind of like ties up with uh, Nurses Kopalian's security report from last month and mining for security that explains how Armenia can use its natural resources to fortify its defense uh, architecture. And we see this kind of from the Azerbaijani side right. trying to stop similar, any kind of... 
mining in Armenia. Okay, according to the Azerbaijani side, I think we just have to stop breathing and or being. <laughs> or being. Well, Armenia's Minister of Foreign Affairs, Arat Mirzoyan, met with the Vice President of the European Commission, High Representative of the European Union for Foreign Affairs and Security Policy, Joseph Borrell, within the framework of the Dubrovnik Conference on July 8. Mirzoyan also met with the Secretary General of the Council of Europe during the conference. The sides discussed issues regarding cooperation between Armenia and the Council of Europe and current challenges. More international efforts are needed to prevent ethnic cleansing by Azerbaijan in Artsakh, Mirzoyan said during a panel discussion at the Dubrovnik conference. He emphasized that Armenia is conducting negotiations with Azerbaijan in good faith, but in the negotiation process and on the ground, it still faces threats and the real use of force by Baku. He went on to say that the people of nagorno karabakh are facing a real danger of ethnic cleansing. On July 13, Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan received German Minister of State at the Federal Foreign office, Tobias Linder, who is on a regional visit to Armenia. The sides discussed Armenia-German relations and regional issues. They spoke about the process of normalization of Armenia-Azerbaijan relations and the security situation in the region, the humanitarian crisis in Nagorno-Karabakh, Azerbaijan's illegal blockade of the Lachin Corridor, and the necessary steps to overcome it were also discussed. The Prime Minister emphasized the active support of the international community aimed at Azerbaijan's implementation of the decision of the ICJ on on blocking the Lachin Corridor. Lidner also met with the Vice President of the National Assembly of Armenia, Ruben Rubinian. The Prime Ministers of Armenia and Georgia, Nikol Pashinyan and Irakli Garibashvili, met in Batumi, Georgia, on July 7. The leaders emphasized the strong historical and cultural ties that unite the two nations and stated a common commitment to contribute to regional stability and prosperity and aim to engage in high-level dialogue on strategic issues which will provide effective cooperation while contributing to regional peace and stability. And Vitali Balasanyan, the former secretary of Artsakh's Security Council, has been arrested. His lawyer said he is suspected of assaulting a government representative or their relative or threatening violence related to their official duties, according to a local Armenian newspaper, Ravod, his son, brother, and a cousin were also detained. And back to Stepanakert, on July 11, civil net journalist Haik Ghazarian was dragged and beaten by a group of people in civilian clothes in Stepanakert. The incident happened after Ghazarian covered the protest of a group of citizens two days earlier, during which a policeman took his phone. Later, the phone was returned with the video deleted. Civil net issued a statement that the power structures of Arsakh tried to put pressure on Haik Ghazarian. You know, I think, Rubina, we've also been hearing from other people that the leadership in Artsakh is very, very uh, skittish, I suppose, and they don't want people taking images or videos. Absolutely unacceptable that a journalist's work uh, was obstructed in, in this way and, and being beaten as well. So, And now back to parliament, Armenia's parliament, where drama continues, I suppose. Takuitov Masyan, opposition member of parliament of the I Have Honor faction, was relieved of her duties as chair of the Parliamentary Standing Committee on Human Rights Protection and Public Affairs. Hoviga Ghazarian of the Civil Contract Party faction put forth the bill in parliament, stating that Tovmasyan had participated in only eight of the 46 committee meetings and as such had failed to fulfill her duties as chair. Civil Contract will not table a candidate for the position because, according to 
to parliamentary regulations, the chair must be an opposition MP. And I get a short but good news. <laughs> good One million tourists visited Armenia during the first half of 2023 alone, breaking all previous records. This is according to the Tourism Committee. And there are a lot of tourists, aren't there? Yes, we see them, we feel them, we hear them. <laughs> we take them out <laughs> for dinner, <laughs> we know. And another promising news, Armenia's government collected 50 billion AMD more tax revenues than planned for the first half of the year. This is a 19% increase in tax remittances compared to the previous year. 17 billion AMD of those funds have been transferred to the government's reserve fund. And last, but very indicative of the time that's coming. Yeah, get ready. Get ready. According to Armenia's Central Election Commission, the next municipal elections in Yerevan will take place on September 17. The government made the decision yesterday. And as a reminder, the last municipal election took place on October 10, 2018. Right after the Velvet Revolution, Revolution. right. Well, that's the kind of week it's been here in Armenia and Artsakh. Thank you for listening. Have a peaceful weekend. And we'll be back again next week. Thank you.